Right, let's uh, let's pray real quick. God, we're just uh, thankful to be here tonight. We um, uh, thank you for all the things you've done in our lives this week, uh, all the ways you've just shown up and moved and just done things. Um, with a bigger, small guy, we know you continue just to move and uh, have your hand in each aspect of our lives. God, we just thank you for that. Pray for these students that are here tonight and adults. I pray that they that they pay attention and learn something tonight from your word as that we dig in. Uh, and continue our series on what it means uh, to be a difference maker. In my pray. Amen. If you want to grab your Bibles, grab your Bibles over there. Did I just step into something? Thank you. <laughs> My bad. Don't yell at me, Brandon. Calm down, man. About to stab me with a knife. Austin's about to hit him with a Bible. That's nice. All right. Well, welcome to week two of our series, Difference Makers. Uh, I hope you guys watched the opening video and, and, and stuff. The text that's displayed is called the Difference Maker Declaration. Uh, Pastor Greg Mott, he's from uh, Houston's First Baptist Church. Um, he's actually a guy who started Breakaway Ministries at A&M. Um, that's Greg Mott. I get a chance to hear him like in like two weeks. I'll be listening to this guy uh, speak. Um, he came up with that declaration. I think this declaration can be unifying for us. Again, I'm going to put it up here so you guys can see what it says. I was made for more than watching. I have a history-changing, life-giving. Put that up. Spirit and power legacy to leave Jesus. To, like, Sorry. Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Turd. Life giving spirit empowered legacy to leave. Jesus, I ask that you work deeply in me and clearly through me. As I pray, give, and go in your love, I am a difference maker. If you were here last week, uh, you might remember that we talked about how we should let conviction and not comfort drive our decisions. And when we, we only do things that are comfortable, we, don't, we, we will not accomplish what we could for Christ, right? We have to overcome uncomfortable situations in pursuing making a difference for Christ. Uh, working in student ministry brings with it its fair share of uncomfortable experiences. Uh, as I was prepping for this message, I, I texted, I'm, I'm in a group of youth pastors in like the Lubbock area. Um, we're called the minor league youth pastors because we're nothing special. We're just minor league. And yeah, but I mean, but I know the guy that kind of started the little network. And so and I know other guys. And so anyways, I texted this group of friends to ask them, they're all youth pastors, um, about some awkward experiences that they've had while serving in student ministry. So here's a few of the text messages that I got from actual youth pastor friends. Uh, I was at a baseball game with the group. The, the kiss cam came on the big screen. I was sitting by one of our girls in the group. Needless to say, they put the camera on us. That would be awkward. That would be weird. I remember my very first church. Again, I was 19 years old. I was sitting at dinner. We wasn't at meals like we do here. I was sitting across the table from one of my students. And um, an old lady in the church asked me if this was my wife. I'm like, no, it's one of my students. That was weird too. All right. Uh, last summer we were cleaning up trash around the high school campus. And we had little grabber things to pick up the trash with. 
I walked over to a group of mostly female students and meant to say, if you see any cigarette butts, pick them up. But I said, what came out of my mouth was, if you see any butts, grab them. This year when we were doing a trash cleanup, everybody kept saying, make sure you grab them butts. Yeah, they remember. Uh, on the first Sunday with our, that our new sixth graders were in the student ministry, I preached my entire message with my fly down. I had a leader come up to me after and say, how's the breeze down there? I wanted to die. Uh, one time, this is the last one. I'm saving the best one for last. One time, I sat down next to a student on a mission Again, this is not me. This is somebody else. Sat next to a student on a mission trip, and I was going to let out a huge fart to make him laugh. I pooped my pants. <laughs> so this, it was not me, but I'm going to give you this little life lesson. Don't, as you get, the older you get, the more distrust you have in a fart. Okay, I'm just going to throw that out there, letting you know. And it wasn't me, I promise. So, alright. But when it comes... When it comes to the church, there can be a different level of discomfort for everybody. For, for some, you may be here because your friends are here, but you don't want really to connect with the whole Jesus thing. For others, you may be here because you desire to connect with Jesus, but you don't want really to feel like you belong with a group. What? For others, you may be here because your parents make you. And if it were your choice, you'd be hanging out anywhere else but here. But what, what if it could get better? How different would it be uh, for you if this were a place where you were able to connect with God personally and to find a community of people who know and love you? I mean, so many of us are searching for that type of connection and we're desperate to find it. Uh, I, I started meeting with a group uh, this past Sunday, I had Patrick in there and a couple of the guys that were working on building this kind of community um, together. Whether this is your first time here, you've, you've been here since you've grown up and since you were a baby. You've been here your entire life, but you're still maybe trying to find your fit. I want you guys to know this, and I, I am I'm glad that you're here. Each one of you, I'm glad that each one of you are here. I'm glad you're taking a chance to hang out with us, and I realize that there's a risk of awkwardness involved with being in, in a group, in a community, but you've chosen to be here, and I couldn't be more grateful for your um, choosing to be here. But uh, I, I believe wholeheartedly that we need a community of people who love us for who we are. Another way to say this is this, that we, you and I, we all desire to be fully known and loved. <coughs> Bless, you. Bless you. Each one of us have a desire to be fully known and fully loved. And so today we're going to get a, a passage from the book of Romans, chapter 12. So open those Bibles to Romans, chapter 12. We're going to be there in just a second. If you got it, put your finger over, step across the line. It's going to win. Oh, look at you. Romans, chapter 12. Cheating. 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 All right, Romans 12. Uh, we're going to start in verse 4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one of another. 
having gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. There's a lot there. There's other passages that deal with this kind of thing about being the body. Uh, you guys can go home and look at some point in time, 1 Corinthians 12, for a little bit more of this. But the Apostle Paul, he wrote the book of Romans, and he was writing this section to encourage people who encourage people the same way that I'm encouraging you guys tonight. Essentially, his message was this. You matter, and you have a place in the body of Christ. <coughs> That's, that should be an encouraging word to you, that you matter, and you have a place here in this church. So I want to look at four truths from these verses that emphasize that main idea that Paul was trying to get across to his people. The first truth we're going to get is, is that we belong to one another. What Paul is communicating here is that as a church, we are connected, right? Right? Okay. In verse 4 he says, Now as we have many parts of one body. He's comparing the church to a human body and making the point that we all matter to each other because we're connected to one another. I'll get in a minute, Brandon. All right, hey, it's fine. I'll get in a minute because, of course, it's going to happen. All right, here we go. Um, but he's comparing the church to human body and making the point that we all matter to each other because we're connected to one another. Um, this idea of us belonging together like the human body, it, it's a great illustration. Because every single person here has a body, right? Like, do you have a body? Yeah, right. And so we can all relate to this kind of thing. With that in mind, I want you guys to think of your body. If your hand were not connected to your body, how effective uh, would it be? Huh? Very not effective. That's, I love that English. It's really good. Right? God, God created us to be connected to one another in order to be effective. If your struggle today is that you don't feel connected to anybody here, like you're part of this this church, part of the student ministry, like, man, I don't feel like I connect to anybody. I don't feel like I have a place where I belong. I don't feel like I have a group of real friends here at this church. And that may be the, the first one, or be the one to tell you that that, that reason that, that that feels wrong or feels weird to you is because, according to this passage, it is, that's not normal to have that kind of feeling of, of I don't belong, or I don't have community, I don't have these deep relationships and friendships. Um, you know, we've got one gospel, we have one Savior, one church, and we should be one people. You know, if there is a problem with belonging, that know that God, He did not design the church to operate that way, and that with His help, it can get better for each one of us. Um, there's a place for you here in the body of Christ. Again, I, I'm glad that you're here, because according to that passage, you belong here. The second truth is that we each bring something unique. Paul continues in verse 4 by saying that all parts do not have the same function. Uh, have you ever heard the phrase, you get out of it what you put into it? Anybody? Yeah. That's, if, I mean, if you went to youth camp, you heard me say that at youth camp. I mean, that's the same thing. 
I said that same phrase at youth camp. Now I said it to everybody when we were in the large group time, or church group time. But I think the same truth applies here. We've already said that you belong here, right? But it definitely doesn't end there. The beautiful thing about God's creation is that while every person has common characteristics because they're human, uh, most of us have, you know, a belly button and like ten toes. Like I said, most of us, of course, not everybody's born the same way. God wired each one of us with different gifts, different talents, different abilities that benefit the rest of the body. All these things, like the, the spiritual gifts that we have, those are, those are given to us to edify each other, to edify the body of Christ, to build each other up and to encourage each other with those gifts. Uh, you know, for example, you know, I've taken some spiritual gift tests throughout my time, and so I've I, I looked those, and so I've I have the spiritual gift of, of um, teaching and shepherding and discerning. So by bringing my gifts that I've been given by God, um, hopefully we're better as a church, not because of anything I can do, but because of the gifts God has put in me and the power of Christ in me. Right? Does that make sense? So you have spiritual gifts. And because you have gifts, you make the church better once you use those gifts. Right? This makes sense. You know, others may have the gifts of mercy, which that's like, every time I take a test, that's like down here at the bottom. That's not one of my high ones, having a gift of mercy. Uh, maybe you have a gift of hospitality or encouragement. You know, we need those kind of people to contribute so that we can be a, a warm and welcoming and inviting church. You know, let me, let me explain it to you this way. Um, on the screen is a picture. Um, you can't see it. There's some music um, in this picture. Um, that I wanted you guys to see, and it had. Has anybody ever seen like a like a, a musical composition, not like you know like sheet music? You know what I'm talking about? Sheet music is, but one for like that a, that a composer would use. Because if you have yours, you know, in in your thing, like if you play an instrument, you're gonna have like your music for your part, right, on yours. But what does the composer have on his sheet? Everybody's, and so it just looks like total chaos to somebody like me who has no idea what that any of that's saying. But to a composer, um, here, I'm going to see if I can get this while we're walking, while I'm talking. And so to a composer, they can see everything. They kind of know what it is. And if each person would play what they're supposed to play, let's see if it's going to work. If each person plays what they're supposed to play, it makes beautiful sound. Right? If, we had a, if we only had like a concert of nothing but like trombones, no offense, um, would you want to go see a concert with like 12 trombones playing the exact same note? No. No. Huh? Not trombone? What were you? Huh? Were you always trump trumpet? My bad, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of my... My bad. Look at that. I think I actually put the picture in there. Alright. Um, and so you have, you know, but... When the trombone plays their part and the trumpet plays their part and all the different instruments play each their own parts, it makes for beautiful music more than just 12 trombones or 12 trumpets. I'm sorry, Cutter, I apologize. I thought you were doing the same thing as Aiden, my bad. Chris, whatever you call it. Huh? No. Aiden, my, my, my nephew, goes to school with Cutter. They know each other and I apologize profusely for knowing my nephew. Um, but you know we, we each bring something unique to our group something different and we're better because you each individually are here and unique the third truth is that we uh, we 
affect one another. Paul says in verse 5 that we are members of one another. Again, I love the illustration that he's using of the body because I think it's, it's practical. In order to feel the sense of belonging that we long for, we must understand that the people in your group have your back. And if something ha bad happens in your life, that they will be there for you. Do you feel like, I mean, don't raise your hand, but do you feel like you have somebody in this room that if something bad were to happen, you can call them? Hopefully you have somebody here, whether that be a student, be an adult, be a volunteer, whatever it may be. Hopefully you have somebody in your life that when things got crazy and just bad and you just needed to talk to somebody, that you have somebody that you could turn to, that you could, hey, this is what's going on. Hopefully you guys, you know, if you ever, I hope you understand and it should go without saying that if you ever do need someone to talk to, someone, whatever, that I am willing to talk to you guys, right? I mean, hopefully you guys should know that. Hopefully you understand that, that things are getting bad and you need help with whatever, uh, you know, call me. You got it? I know. He texts me too much. Um, I'm just kidding. Well, we text every day just what we've read. Um, but, you know, if, you, if, if life gets bad you just... Find yourself making dumb choices one, one night. Um, and feel free to call me and help, I'll help you out. That's not giving you a free pass to make dumb choices, though. You got it? But just know that I will be there. No judgment. I care about you guys, right? Hopefully you guys understand this and see that there are people here who care about you. But what Paul is saying here is that because we are members of one another, we should be quick to feel each other's pain. Think about it. If you stub your toe... You're not thinking like, man, my nose feels great today, right? Like if you stub that little bitty pinky toe on the corner of a chair, you're feeling about the pain that that pinky toe is causing your whole body, right? All of your attention is turned to that toe. That's how the body was made to react when it's inflicted with pain. And that, same, that should be the same as um, should be said of the body of Christ. Because if you're hurting, for some reason, the whole body should support and encourage you. When we lost our house to a fire, the, the church is the ones who came and stepped up in our family's life in a mighty way. The body came and, and, and supported me. This is what it means to be a body. Um, I don't understand it when somebody's going through something, when you guys are going through trials or pain or whatever, that I hear about it from like somebody else and not you. I want you to know I care about you. I love you guys. And I want to be here for you. If nothing else, just pray for you. I mean, you don't have to give me all the gory details, but just know, hey, right, would you pray for me? Yeah. I mean, that's, 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 all, I'm, that's all it is. I, I genuinely care about you guys. So when you, when you have a hard, even if you have just a bad, a crappy day at school, shoot me a text. Say, hey, man, this is a rough day today. I'll pray for you. Some of you guys will be getting text messages from me asking for prayer, right? If you guys, some of these, you have gotten those. Um, even if you, if you didn't get a text from me, no, I, was, I, have, I have a list of all the students who've walked through our doors um, since I got my little check-in app thing. So I wrote down everybody's name, all my adult leaders' names, and I put them on a calendar, days 1 through 30. Um, 31 is a more of a general prayer for everybody. But I'm praying for you guys individually by name at least once a month. Um, Again, I'm not saying that to brag, but like I told you guys at camp, 
my you know my plan my goal was to be more intentional in praying for you so I think it'd be more intentional to ask you hey how do you want me to pray for you if I haven't gotten to your name yet that's because your last name starts with a later letter in the alphabet that's just how that works so eventually you will get that text if you don't have a phone just know I'll pray for you anyways even if your name is just right there you know the same way if you isolate yourself you're not open with each other or with whatever you can't expect people to surround you if you're not telling them what's going on Remember, you have a responsibility to remain connected to the body. If, you, if you're connected, then understand this truth. When one part of the body hurts, we all hurt. Life together is so much greater than life alone. You have people here who, who love you and care for you. So we've said that we belong to one another, that we, we each bring unique gifts and talents, that we affect one another. And the, the last truth is we're at our best when we give our lives away. We spend a little bit more time on those other points. I want to make this one kind of brief. I kind of think it speaks for itself. The reality is that when we serve, we're better for it. Paul lists out a lot of different gifts and how they contribute to the church. And um, here's what we learn. There's, there's something about investing your time and energy into someone else that makes you a better person. If you've got a gift but you refuse to serve, not only are we missing out, but I... I also would argue that you're missing out even more. Um, when it comes to serving, God wants something for you and not from you. That's why I, I enjoy taking mission trips every year, whether it be our youth spring break one where we've, like I said, we've gone and we've helped roof somebody's house. We've painted somebody's house. Now we've, last summer we, we ministered to Muslim refugees, right? We've done some pretty cool things. We've gone to New York and Moldova and other places. You know, I encourage you guys to serve this you serve VBS. You guys, some of you guys serve on Sundays in children's ministry sometimes with little disciples. There's areas and places for you guys to serve within your gifting. Um, so as, we, as we kind of wrap up tonight, um, I want to give you some clear action points as to what to do with what I just told you. So my prayer is that this wouldn't just be a message that sounds great but never gets put into practice. I can sit here and I can talk to you guys every night, every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, or whenever it is, and just tell you guys what all these things and what God is teaching me and showing me, wanting me to teach you guys. But if you never apply anything you learn, you're, you're really just wasting time. There should be some growth, some difference. So when you guys, they're going to graduate this year. Hopefully your walk with Christ looks a little bit deeper now than it did when you came into the youth ministry. Whenever you guys graduate here in six years, Hopefully your walk with Christ looks a little deeper than it did when you guys came up a couple months ago. That's my goal is to see you guys just walk a little bit closer with God each and every day. So let's look just a little bit more like Him. So, so what can we do? Here's one. You guys can take a spiritual gifts test. If you have your phone, you guys, I want you to tap it. I, forget, I meant to put up like a QR code or something. But you guys, go to your, go to your phone and go to, uh, like go to your Safari, whatever, your Microsoft Edge, whatever you guys like to use. Your being, I don't know. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, and it's a very easy website, spiritualgiftstest.com. That's it. Spiritualgiftstest.com. Um, don't take the test right now because, again, I'm still teaching. We're going to sing in a minute. Then we're going to have a small group. Maybe leave it there so you guys can do it here in a little while. Spiritualgiftstest.com. I'm going to encourage you guys when you do it. Um, I think the scale is from like one to five kind of a thing. Try not to pick threes in the middle. That's not a very good number. Try to, you know, it's okay to pick 
the extreme one to five and that kind of stuff. Um, I encourage you guys to take it. It takes 30 to 45 minutes. After you do it, I would love for you to like, send me a screenshot of your results. You got it? So what I'd like to do is I'd like to see those things like, oh, cool, you have these gifts. Let me find a place in the church where we can use those gifts. Sound good? So that's, um, that's you know, pretty easy. Number two, begin working out those gifts by committing to serve. Um, you guys can serve in here. We have people leading in, in the music side. We have people working on the sound stuff. Um, there's places in the church, when, in children's ministry and other areas of the church, we guys can serve and do different things. Um, so just, my encouragement is jump in with both feet and start using the gifts that God has given you. The last thing for tonight, be open to trying new things. Um, take a step outside of your comfort zone and try and fill a need. Uh, maybe you've never thought about going on a mission trip. Go that's spring break. We're going back to San Antonio uh, to do the same kind of work we did this past spring break with working with Muslim refugees. Take that trip with us. Um, figure out your spiritual gifts and, and life passions by serving by doing these things. Hopefully you're somewhat encouraged enough to know that we are a family, we are a community. Um, I've already started working on my next sermon for whatever that's going to be for, for big church. Um, and I'm, I'm going to look at the family. You know, we call ourselves a family of Fannin, right? But it doesn't always feel like we're family. And so that's kind of what this my sermon is going to be kind of geared towards is what does family look like in, in the Bible? Like when they talk about family, what does that mean? And how can we learn what it means to be a family? But I want you guys to know that, that I'm, I'm for you. I'm, I'm for you guys. I, I, I love you guys. I want to see you guys do great and mighty things through God. I'm glad you're being brave and you're showing up here to church, even if you don't invite your friends, a bunch of losers. But keep coming. Take a step into serving and become the difference makers that God has called you uh, to be. I'm going to go ahead and pray if we could have, I guess, the praise band come up and then you know, we'll go back to the soundboard and we'll, uh, we'll worship through singing here for just a few minutes. God, I thank you again for, uh, for the chance just to look at your word and see that we are a, com a community, God, and we are a family, and we're, we're all connected, and we all have different things that we can bring to the table, and may we just see what those are, we, we learn what those things are, may we actually uh, be committed to serving to do those things and uh, to make a difference in our church, God. I pray for this time as we sing these songs, may they not just be words on the screen, Maybe the prayer of our hearts tonight as we, um, uh, after we're hearing these words, and pray for a time uh, in our small groups. Shame I pray. Amen. Whenever you're done, instead of me coming up, could you pray and dismiss everybody? You got it.